listening to the podcast. Anything that you want, no, we got that. Sports, we got that. Joke, we got that. We just getting started, so don't turn me down. Stop that. From LA all the way to the A. Maddie and Cohen got so many things to say. Switching up the topic quick as I switch up the flow. So make sure you pay attention. Okay, ready? Here we go. It's the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, degenerates, saints, whatever the hell you want me to call you, welcome to episode 110, perhaps? That's what I counted last, 110? I can't count that high. I was about to say, that I, I'm out of fingers and toes after that point. Like I just can't multiply that. Um, welcome to the Daily Degenerate Podcast. My name is Cohen Hughes. I am your host. Um, I'm joined today by our regular contributor, Brad Meekum, as he likes to say, but I always call him Meacham. Um, fresh off of a trip to Germantown, Helen, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Dgens? Nice to nice to see y'all again. Oh, not see, but yeah, we're, we can see you through the recording of the audio right now. Listen to my voice. His sexy serenading voice. Oh yeah. So Brad, um, you just got back from Helen, Georgia, which is almost as far north as you can go without hitting Tennessee. Well, on a map actually, but um. You just went to Oktoberfest. It just, just fucking barely turned October, my man. What are you, a fucking Oktoberfest junkie or something? Yeah, well, so my roommate and I, we do two trips a year where we kind of rent out a place, get like eight or nine people up there and just drink. Um, yeah. Or Airbnb type place? Yeah, Airbnb. You know, we go out. So we do Savannah for St. Patty's Day because you can drink on the streets. Yep. And then Oktoberfest in Helen. And so went up there. Got lucky, got the weekend off, and went out, had a bunch of German beer, got some Lederhosen on, and uh, ate a lot of food and drank. And a Wiener had, Schnitzel? Did you eat a Wiener Schnitzel? I uh, had some Wursts. Wadwurst? <laughs> I had a little Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> and it was good. It was good. Got some, got some great beers. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people out there. I, I've been to Helen before. I've never been to any except for like just a little street festival for Oktoberfest. I imagine in a German town like that, like or somewhere up in Minnesota or in a German populated area like that, would be incredible. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's not you know nothing like Munich or your real Oktoberfest no, I can imagine, but you know for for what it is, you grab a Stein and you can go around, fill it up in a bunch of different bars, and uh, you know they just play music and a lot of people are dressed up and look weird and. Most people just go to drink, and that's yep. what we did. <laughs> just go throw on your leader hosen and go drink. And then, uh, thankfully, it's only an hour and a half drive from Atlanta, so the struggle bus wasn't too hard. No, no, no throw ups on the ride back. Nope. So woke up, left, came home, and watched football. And but I say because you were you because you were home in time for one o'clock NFL football. Yep. I texted you. I was like, "Yo, whenever you get back, da da da," and you were like, "Dude, I'm already back." Yeah. No. Uh, left around ten. Got got back around twelve thirty, and. Uh, Took a nap and then uh, watched football, so so it was, it was a good time. Um, nice little kind of getaway, and uh, you know, back to the grind. Back to the grind. Um, I'll actually be going on my first gambling trip ever, and I think what about two weeks, the twenty fourth to the twenty seventh. Um, we'll have to make other arrangements for the podcast because I'll be out of town that Thursday through Sunday. I will actually um, be going to Biloxi, Mississippi, Dirty Vegas of the South. Um, I will be going with my parents and a few other family members. I ha- I'll have my own room, though. I'll kind of be doing my own thing, like in the sports book. But they play in a golf tournament every year, and that's where it is. And I told them if I had a free room, I'd go. And guess what? The free room materialized. So that weekend, week, I think, seven or eight of the NFL, I will be gambling like a true degenerate in person, my first time ever in person. So Prayers up that I hit some good picks. There you go. Uh, you gonna try any other? Try hand at any other uh, table games? Um, on, uh, Texas Hold'em. I mean, I, I, I'm usually pretty good at. I'll play. I'll, I'll probably you know play a few games of craps. I like craps. I like a few of the dice games that aren't too complicated. Yeah. Blackjack is not really my thing, but you know it's easy and I'm decently good at it. Um, just as a degenerate, just off the top of my head, I I kind of do love the slots. 
I love just sitting there mindlessly, just cranking that handle and just you know, Drink, just, drinking a hand. Yeah, yeah, just drinking a hand. Just sit, just sit there and you know, just pull that handle, just back and forth. Um, it's mindless. The lights are flashing, getting me all excited. My dopamine receptors are going off. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like that old lady who could just sit in there and just do those all day. Just talk to my, you know, my friends on both sides of me and just take the bus back to the retirement home after that. Hell yeah. Hey, as long as you have fun and, uh, if you can walk out with some money, then that's always a good thing. If you don't, you at least you have a story to tell. Oh, that's the plan. I'm bringing my rent check down there. So I better <laughs> fucking with some money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll, I'll be doing that. I think that's what, five and a half hours or so from Atlanta. So uh, my parents, I think, are going to fly or drive by themselves. I'm just going to drive by myself. That way I can, you know, if I need to leave, I can leave. If I need to go, I can go, you know, kind of. I'll stay I'll stay probably for the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. I may stay for the 4 and just hit that drive on the way back, but I do work Mondays, so I may just have to leave after the 1 o'clock games are over and then drive home after that. But um, I love that college football is in full swing. Um, a few of the NBA games are going to start by then, I think. Um, I know I should know that. I'm a bad NBA fan for that. But that would be a good way, you know, for me to be able to gamble all day. I mean, I won't gamble all day. I'll gamble all night. I'll, I'll go to the sports books and watch the Thursday night game for, the, for TNF. I'll go and watch the Friday night college football Washington State games. And then Saturday during the day, I'll have college football during the day. And then uh, Sunday, I'll have the 1 o'clock football. So my first time actually placing a bet slip in person, so I'm pretty excited for that. I'm, I'm getting tired of Bavada, getting tired of my bookie, getting tired of fucking DraftKings. So I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go hand a woman $100 cash for a ticket, and I'm ready to go redeem it for cash you know instead, instead of Bitcoin. You got to do. You got to uh, put a future on the Jazz to do something, and then oh, you, and then you oh, hold on to that, whole, that ticket the whole, whole, day, whole season. And if it cashes, we're going to Biloxi, and we're going crazy <laughs> with the winnings. Yep, that's, that's what you do. Just one of those, like, hey. Shot in the dark, my team, like, because at the very least. Oh, shot yeah. in the dark, I mean, Jazz are fucking NBA title contenders. Hey, Fuck you. Hey, you're saying there's a chance, <laughs> a decent chance, and then you at least have that ticket all the way. And well, I'm going to frame it in my room, and then I, I'm going to do, like, one of the fire extinguisher in case of emergency <laughs> break glass, and then it's going to, like, sound the alarms, like, if, 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 if it hits, let's go to Biloxi. There you go. I like it. I like it. Um, but that would be fun. Um, Brad just got back. Um, so it is currently Tuesday night. Um, we're about to go drinking after this, but for now we are watching the Tampa Bay Rays actually stay alive in this series against the Houston Astros. And then going into yesterday, Houston was up 2-0 through Grinky, and I was sitting at work. Um, it was, it was the noon game for the Braves game, four games on all day. I loved it. That was a great day of work. It went by like a fucking flash. Um, lost some money, so that probably wasn't very good, but, you know, who cares about all that? I just want to have fun. Um, I thought Tampa Bay was just going to lay down with, um, Charlie Morton. I, I, I knew Charlie Morton was going to go good. My, the play to me was Houston money line and then under seven and a half. And that was nowhere close to hitting because Tampa Bay just erupted with runs. Um, Morton looked pretty dominant. He didn't go for a long time, but he looked pretty dominant in the many pitches that he did have to throw. Um, and right now, with Houston up 2-1 because the Rays won yesterday, they're down 4-0 to right now. If this podcast comes out and Houston ends up making a raving comeback, then you know there's our disclaimer. Um, but we are well on our way to three game fives in the division series, which usually doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. And I think, you know, what was interesting kind of as we were closing out the season, we were looking at the, like, especially in the AL, you had Houston and New York being the super good teams, twins running away with the division, and yep. really the Rays and the, the A's came on late, but it was yep. really just kind of not a whole lot of... The Rays more benefited from Boston's fall yeah, exactly. from glory, you know? Um, and so kind of going into it, you know, you... You assume that Houston and New York were just gonna run away with it. Mm-hmm. New York did. New York ran away with it more than I expected. Minnesota put up zero fight in this series. I mean, I think Minnesota first year kind of flash and pan. Like they had good stats, mm-hmm. crazy amount of home runs. Yeah, the record. Um, but I think they were satisfied with just winning their division because with how bad their team has yeah. been so long. Yeah. So I think that for them was their their World Series. Last last playoff appearance was probably what with Joe Maurer. Something like that. Yeah. I'm come definitely on, before Target Field. Yeah. Um, um, the Yankees ended up sweeping them. 
with a lack of starting pitching talent. Um, didn't really need to have great pitching in this series, but um, I know they're getting back. Fuck, who? They're, they're getting back somebody. Um, CC. No, I think I, I think he got left off on on, on purpose. They're getting back uh, some 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 reliever. Um, I got a Bleacher Report notification about it today, and I completely forgot on, on, on the name. Um, so you know, kind of Google Yankees, you know, injury kind of update deal, and you'll you'll get that one. Um, but they're going to play the winner of this series, Houston and Tampa Bay. There's no doubt in my mind that if the Rays do win tonight, which it looks like they're going to do, um, no doubt in my mind that Houston will probably take care of them handedly at home at Minute Maid Park. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, that's why you win as much games as you do in the regular season to get that game five yep. at home. It's going to be um, Garrett Cole in game five, which is just a cheat yeah. code. Like that, that, it's just not even fair with him. Um, Garrett we have, Cole. What do you have, like 14 strikeouts in game one or something, some shit like that? Yeah, I mean, like Astros with, with Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander as your top two, like – you're in a good position to win. And Zach Greinke is your three. Yeah, and even if Greinke doesn't perform, you still which got he didn't three out of two. Yeah, which he you'll didn't. win three games every five. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what they care about. And a team with not that much firepower like the Tampa Bay Rays, um, I'm surprised they. I'm not surprised they put up a fight. No, but I'm surprised they put up this, this much of a actual tangible fight that you can see on paper. Yeah. Um, and they've actually blanked the Astros so far in this game and allowed three runs yesterday, which is doing a great job for this, you know, hitting lineup, which top to bottom is probably one of the most talented in the league. Um, but we're going to save, we're going to table a, a little bit of baseball talk for later in the episode. Um, we're going to do NFL for now. We're going to do a little bit of week five discussion. Um, but first, we're going to start out with the pick that we do. We don't really talk about the pick much on the podcast because we usually release it and kind of let you guys know what we're doing. Um, kind of st- starting off with Thursday. Me and you were drunk at the Braves game. Um, I was trying to keep my dad from getting in a fight with a Cardinals fan. Um, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Dad, come on. Come on, this is Atlanta. You don't have to do this here. If we were in St. Louis, maybe, please. And um, we were, you know, watching the end of the Seahawks and Rams game. And you, I mean, you alluded to it early in the week that the minus one Seahawks spread was weird. Well, so at first glance – Going into the week, I like as a bet, like as somebody that wanted to bet on this game because it's prime time, because it's the Seahawks Rams. Um, I was hoping the Seahawks would have gone in to the game at a plus, plus one, plus one and a half. Um, I believe that due to the, I mean, I guess the Rays' loss had a lot to do with moving that line, mm-hmm. or the fact of you know the Seahawks' record in primetime games, which under Pete Carroll they are fifteen at, and two at about an 90 percent clip. Yeah, and so that might have had to do with anything. So when I saw it at minus one, I was like little little hesitant on it, but you know I got to go with the Hawks in primetime. Like they just have a way to somehow get it done. Um, and pull out a win. And as long as Russell Wilson is on your team, is in your starting twenty-two, it's your there. There's no way the game's gonna be more than ten points in either favor. Any anything can happen mm-hmm. with you know as long as the defense kind of keeps the team in in close yeah. over the first half within striking distance. He just does his thing sometimes, and sometimes you know sometimes it doesn't work, but they'll keep it close. And uh, they got. They got a, a couple breaks, you know, like any close game, and they pulled it out, and I like it. And unfortunately, I got the push, which I'm kind of bummed about. Three of us got the push. Um, so, you know, probably should have taken the money line, but I figured minus one, like how, how hard hey. How likely is it that minus one is going to hit? No. Well, Guess okay. what? If, if you don't think that Vegas is good at their job, this is just proof right here. Like as, as soon as I got go, so I'm going for two. I was just like, God damn it, they're gonna miss this, mm-hmm. and it's gonna end out at one. But as soon as you think that Vegas does not have anything to do with what goes on on the field, look at this game. It'll tell you that. Um, but three of us pushed. Uh, me, you, and Gustavo all pushed. Um, just to talk about records before we get into a few of the games. Um, I went nine five and one. That push was the end one on the end of that. Um, Penland actually had the best record. I was in second. He he was ten and five over the week. Um, bad week from Jeremy. We usually don't see this from Jeremy. He went four and eleven. 
that's about the uh, floor that you're going to see from Kuhn right there. I, I know you and him both have a 1, 4, and 11 week. So um, you, you, you guys both get him out of the way. I think mine was week two. You know, hey, it's, I'm not a sharp. I'll be the first one to tell you that. You said it today. You know, Good thing we're not professional shor- uh, sharps. Yeah, but, you know, I bet to have fun. Like, you know, and some of these games I don't bet on, but for the sake of the podcast, like I'll give you my how I feel the game's mm-hmm. going to go. Yeah, yeah. And they're That's what we're doing. Definitely ones I feel stronger about, and I'll actually bet. But you know, hey, if I'm picking every game and I end about five hundred, I'll be okay with that at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Since I'm one hundred percent not betting on all these, and no, we're not. I'm just like, I don't know. What some of these games we know absolutely nothing about, like New York Jets versus Philadelphia. You know, like that's just a complete you know shot in the dark. I know the spread was big, but we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, Gustavo went six eight and one, right about his percentage clip. Um, and Brad shared the same record, 6-8-1. and one. I have our overall winning percentages. I am 43-34-1, which is right at about 56%, a shade under 56. Um, Gustavo is 26-51-1, which is about 33%, so he picked a little bit above his clip this week. Um, Brad is 32-44-2, which is 41%, so he was right at about his clip this, this week. Uh, Jeremy was who was four and eleven this week is thirty four forty three and one, and that's about forty four percent, just a shade above Brad. And Thomas Penland, who is in second place overall for the season, is forty two thirty five and one, which is right at fifty four percent. Yeah, so you know, you guys are probably making a little bit of money if you had a bet on every game. Kuhn and I are losing a little bit of money. Gustavo's losing a lot of money. But he did have Which, that 0-16 Gustavo week. failed to turn in his picks one week. That's, big, that's why his record <laughs> so like. He's, he's, he'll probably be closer to us, um, yeah. actually. But, hey, that's, uh, that's Vegas for you. That's Vegas. They know. They always win. It's not like people go and beat Vegas all the time. And there's a reason that there's no bring your dad to work day and none of you have seen your dad say, oh, yeah, I'm a professional sports gambler because it very seldom happens. Yeah. Hey, we uh, – you bet to invest in the game and have a good time. And I bet when I'm in a bar at 1.30 in the morning and I'm fucked up and I need to cool down and I'm going to bet on Korean hockey while I'm drinking my water to go to get myself sober enough to go on the Uber. I, I, I want to cheer for H.C. Hunan, but then, you know, the Scorpions come back and win it. You know, that's just one of them things. Makes the Thursday night, the primetime games, a little washable if you mm-hmm. don't have any investment in them. Yep. And it's fun, you know, make a little bit. Well, Get some prime rib, you lose, you're eating McDonald's. Yep. Or, in my case, if you lose, you're not eating. Um, <laughs> so, we actually got burned, uh, the total burn on, on one game this week. Um, we all thought the Chargers were going to come out and do their thing, and they got absolutely ran out of the building. It was horrible for the Chargers. I think I've, I I kind of looked up, and it was 0-0, and then looked down at my phone for a second and kind of was watching the Braves game, and I turned my TV back to the Chargers game, and they were down 17 nothing. I just don't understand this team. Me neither. Like, I, going into the year, I was really high on the Chargers, even without Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's back. So we'll see if kind of getting him in, there was a little bit of, you know, hoopla and yeah. folk distraction that mm-hmm. uh, that was there. But not only was I really high on the Chargers, I was really low on the Broncos. Like, they had no offense. And, and and this was their first win, but just in terms of this week, I was supremely low on the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, and the defense hasn't been showing up nope. the whole season. And then, This week was the first week they had a sack. Um, I don't think they had a defensive score, but um, I think they had, a, they had a takeaway or two. So, you know, I mean, division game, always going to be a toss-up. They always play mm-hmm. a little close. Um, but yeah, I was, I saw the score and I was just blinking my eyes. And, and, and as you and, Th- and Thomas Pinnell like to say, we hate to play schedule poker. So I hated to go into this game and be like, oh, Chargers are good. Baltimore, Denver's really thirsting for a win. And if they're not going to let them go 0 and 5, you hate to do stuff like that. But that was like, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, and then there were four, there were two games that we actually missed four out of five on. I think you actually had one of them, right? Let's see. Um, Hello. I know Gus had the New Orleans Saints minus three when the rest of us had Tampa Bay plus three. And then Jacksonville. That no, it was Penland. 
Sorry. No, I hate, 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 hate to get your hopes up. Yeah, but I, didn't, I would have been really surprised. The, the, the rest of us um, had had Jacksonville money line or Jacksonville plus three and a half, and it ended up being a touchdown game at the end. Can we, can we talk about the Teddy Bridgewater year? I was about to allude to the question. In in the NFC South, we're used to having really tough divisions and really bad luck for the Falcons, in my case specifically. But how are the Saints and the Panthers both just rolling with these backup quarterbacks? I mean... Teddy's good. Teddy should be a starter somewhere, but yeah, in this yeah, system, he's a backup. I, I think that, that ACL, kind of, when he was coming around, definitely kind of threw him, threw him down, and, you know, he's struggling to get back. He, you know, but Kyle, like... Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, like this, like, and Gardner Minshew, even that Jaguars game, he was he was throwing dimes too. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that some of these teams, and you know, hey, it's one of those. What's that phrase? The rich get richer. The rich get richer. Where some of these teams, and maybe you know, maybe they're just flashing the pan one year. Yeah, yeah. You know, hot shot. But, they'll get paid to go somewhere else, and then they'll completely flop. Yeah, um, you know, but. What it seems like, you know, and how, like, you know, breaking it down, looking at their mechanics and not just being a beneficiary of a good system. Yeah. You know, some of these teams have two good quarterbacks and then other teams, like the Jets, have zero. Have zero. And it's, it's, it's just crazy. And, you know, I, I guess get on the coaching staff, find these guys, yep. you know, um, Gardner, Michigan, come go Cougs. If, um, if, if you can say nothing else about Sean Payton is that he has an eye for talent. Um, he, he saw um, Taysom Hill in a preseason game playing for another team in like the second preseason game and then was watching him and said, we need to get this guy if they cut him. And Sean Payton, like I'm not a humongous fan of his, you know, overall coaching philosophy or if there even is one, but he has a hell of an eye for talent. Yeah. And then, I mean, I like Kyle Allen. Yes. For the Panthers is great, but Christian McCaffrey team. Like it's, he has, he has, uh, I, I saw on Reddit today. He has like 800 and change um, yards from scrimmage. In in 2019, and the whole New York Jets offense is like 715. It's like it is insane watching him play. Like, and, and and you see him make just just humongous hurdle and just crazy juke and great play on like consecutive plays. Yeah, you know what's crazy is going into this season, they wanted to give him the ball more, and they were like, "How are you going to do? Like he's not." built for that that was his whole like coming in second year and now third year it's just he's beast mode they know everybody and i hate to you know root for a cam newton injury but he he couldn't have been probably been happier and his fantasy owners probably couldn't have been happier because now he's getting every single touch in the world well what's i think i think having cam newton actually out because cam newton clearly couldn't throw the ball and couldn't run for the back half of last season or the beginning of this season yeah he was crippled in some way now with somebody who can actually throw it in Kyle mm-hmm. Allen and actually opening up those pockets for him even more. Mm-hmm. Because when Cam was in there, um, week two, I think it was, it was like fourth fourth and one on the one-yard line, Eight. and they ran some trick play or some shit like yep. that. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that with a healthy no, Cam Newton. No, you wouldn't. And, you know, with Kyle Allen back there, I mean, who knows if he's a starting quarterback after this year or not, but at least at where it's at right now versus Cam Newton, he's opening up that middle area and McCaffrey's feet. And and I don't and, and I and I've said this a million times and guys like Jeremy Kuhn, who's a real big Cam Cam Newton advocate, get, gets really mad at me. This is like the thing that he vehemently disagrees with me on. Is Cam Newton is a fine quarterback. He the way he throws the football is not conducive to guys like Christian McCaffrey, like agile running backs who catch a lot of passes, or just wide receivers in general. He throws bullet, real dense bullet passes, almost like a baseball. And you notice that because he's in the top six or five people in quarterback drops every year, why that's the case, and because of a receiving staff that, A, doesn't have a whole lot of talent, but, B, has a heavy turnover, it's not just Ted Ginn. It's not just, you know. Steve Smith. Yeah, it's it's there. He's, he's not a very conducive quarterback that, that can throw good receiver balls. His balls are real tight, and and they look pretty because they're all spirals. But they their RPMs are too fast on the spins, and they're too quick. He just bullets passes in, and it makes you makes regular receivers drop passes. Yeah, I mean, I granted if he had a Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams. Oh, of course, if, you know, if he had a DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, if he had an elite talent, someone that wasn't Greg Olson, old Greg Olson at tight end, you know, like 
he it would it, it wouldn't look as bad. But yeah, I mean, but know, he doesn't. He just doesn't have that that touch. Mm-hmm. You know, that, he doesn't. That'll help his receiver out. He now, doesn't, granted, he doesn't have the Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball fast as hell, and so does Matt Ryan. You can ask uh, Roddy White. Whenever Matt Ryan first got drafted, they had to start um, cranking up the speed on the jugs machine in practice because Matt Ryan throws the ball so tight and so fast. Yeah. And that's a credit to some of the drops that he had. That's why Matt Ryan's high on the list year and year and year after year in you know tip interceptions and wide receiver drops. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Gone there. I mean, you can't change the mechanics. No, nope, you can't. Gonna... You can't. This is this is this is, and and this is why I don't fault Cam Newton. This is why I say that Cam Newton is still better than Kyle Allen. It's, it's not even a question. It's not even a real discussion. Like your friend, like your cousin on Facebook may, you know, make you to believe. But you, we know who Cam is. This is the way he plays. Do I think that he will ever be the starting quarterback for a team other than the Carolina Panthers? No, but. He does kind of have to sweat a little bit because Kyle Allen has kind of shown what just a regular thrower. I'm not going to call Kyle Allen a good quarterback. I'm not going to call him a bad quarterback. He's been playing for three weeks. He's had three decent weeks. None of them have been too crazy. None of them have been too bad. He's a regular thrower. And the fact that the Carolina Panthers offense now is open is is, is scary to not just the rest of the NFC, but to Cam Newton. I think at least for the for the Panthers, it allows them to take a breath and being a and allow. <sighs> Thank God. Cam Newton to actually get healthy. To actually. Mm-hmm. Um, because because even even before all the all the drama came out, um, we were even guys like me, you, Maddie, Jeremy, Harrison, Penland. What we know is Cam Newton healthy. Is Cam Newton healthy? And then once the preseason started to play out, and then week one and two, that game on Thursday night football was just absolutely just oh my god, why is he still out there? Yeah, and it, it's it's his mid mid foot right. Yep. Um, and the, what, I mean, I know it's you guys call it the, the bridge. Yeah, or arch. Um, well, I mean, because stress fracture, like when you're looking at that the foot, it's so hard, especially with how he plays. It's so hard to recover from that because all the only thing you can do is rest. Yeah. And then you have to give the the body time to heal, whether it's a stress fracture in his bones or some ligament damage. But that foot and how you use the foot—that's how he accelerates. That's how he pushes mm-hmm. off. So every single time. He plants on it to run and to take that initial accelerating step forward. He's stressing the shit out of yeah. what hurts. And so, you know, I think he was probably 80%, 85%. And, you know, most quarterbacks could play through 85% because yeah. Peyton Manning doesn't tuck the ball and run on designed run plays. He can sit there and get happy feet in the, in the pocket and throw the ball 40 times a game. So he may not be, you know, stressing his foot out, quote unquote. Yeah. Like a guy like Cam Newton, or a guy like Josh Allen, or a guy like you know Russell Wilson would. would yeah, and you, know, you, you you need that a lot more. Yeah, and you know I think that the play of Kyle Allen has allowed the Panthers to be a little more relaxing and more focused to get him back to a hundred percent instead of being like, well, you're okay, and then risk that chance of re-injury, which I think happened, even though they won't say. And I think Christian McCaffrey owners in fantasy are telling Cam Newton just take the rest of the year off. Just yeah. kind of hey, yeah. get real healthy. Let's, let's feed CMC. There you go. Hey, I, I had number one pick in a few of my leagues. I took Saquon. And Me too. Hey, I'm, We're still, I'm still okay with it. And the season hasn't happened, but Christian's looking really good. He And, and who knows if he'll be able to sustain this, you know, like – NFL's week to week, as much as me and you or anybody else knows, um, things can change. But I do like what you said. Uh, in the NFC South, we're victims of misfortune, but the rich get richer. Yeah. The Saints just have, have the Cadillac of offenses now, and they just handed the keys to a new teenage driver. I wouldn't say teenage, but a, a new driver. And guess what? He stepped on the accelerator and made it work. Damn. So um, there was another game that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, I wondered if you guys were giving too much stock to the New York Giants. Um, I'm a Minnesota Vikings kind of bandwagon fan. I think their team is really good. I think that they have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Um, and I and the minus five and a half was just almost too easy for a shorthanded Giants team on the road. They, they were at home, but um, I mean, I honestly, know. I was thinking a Giants back recovered, like I you late know, touchdown, late, late touchdown to to seal it, mm-hmm. and. The two missed field goals by Roses didn't help you out much. No, no, they didn't. And, you know, Saquon comes back. You know, I, I thought the Daniel Jones magic would have lasted a little bit because mm-hmm. Fulton Tate, Fulton Tate came back. 
there was that one touchdown that he threw that he that he threw a little bit too high and yep. who was it, Chester Rogers or whoever it was, right at the back of the end zone. He caught it, but he only got the one tippy tap of the foot down, and it was an obvious you know not touchdown. But it, I mean, it was it was a bad throw, but an awesome catch. Yeah. So there there were some points that they did leave off the off the board in that game. So yeah. maybe you know in hindsight you had it picked a little bit closer. Um, but I kind of did what I hate to do, or I love to do it, but it doesn't work out a whole lot. I played schedule poker, and I was like, "Dude, the, the Vikings have been have been like so trashed on the last two weeks. Like, they're gonna come back and punch somebody now, you know? Like, yeah. and I'm sorry that it happened to be the New York Giants. Yeah, you know, I mean, Cousins looked okay. Yeah, no, he didn't look great. <laughs> I mean, the Thielen made him look real good. Yeah, well, which is That's that you know you about the best you could hope for, really. I mean, you know, you talk shit and you come out like a little cut bitch and apologize, and you know, throw him two touchdowns and you know, jerk his dick off a little bit. Yeah, the receivers are a different diva breed in the NFL. They're kind of like closers in baseball. You have to roll, you have to coddle them. You have to, you know, you they they have to have that same role from week to week to week. You know, like or else they're also start to bitch and moan, throw their hands up. But um, Adam Thielen balled out. He had two tutties. Um, Dalvin Cook looked good. Um, they're all three of their running backs look good. The line set set an edge. Um, let's talk about my Atlanta Falcons. Sure for the second week in a row, sure for, 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 for the second week in a row that we had a bye week, I don't know what happened. I guess the plaintiffs didn't get, get fueled up and went to Houston. Um, De- <sighs> Sean Watson is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Falcons had zero sacks on Sunday. Not even close to a sack. I don't even think we had a QB hit. No. I mean, well, with how porous that, you know, the, the knock on Sean Watson on getting those sacks it's not because of his offensive line is bad. Holds the ball too long. He holds the ball too long. Mm-hmm. But when you have a secondary that is as porous and Swiss cheese as the Falcons, he doesn't need to hold the ball long. He's got Will Fuller wide fucking open down the middle of the field. Three so, touchdowns for him, I think. Yeah, like you don't like he doesn't need to hold on the ball when he has receivers that are open. Mm-hmm. And so that's you know I think that's more of a credit versus the line. I mean they're both shitty. Yeah. But I think in this situation it was more a knock. Secondary, just giving Watson free reign to just throw the ball wherever he wants. Um, I think he's the third quarterback in history to ever throw more than I think twenty passes and still have a perfect passer rating. He was like forty for forty-five with like almost five hundred yards and then like five touchdowns. Like, and um, and a, a crazy stat about Deshaun Watson. Um, and there, there's been only been one other game in, in in his life that he's ever not been sacked in, and it was a few years ago for the Texans. And he threw five touchdowns that game as well. No picks. Dang. So when Deshaun Watson can remain upright, he is as close to elite as we can get. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's got those receivers. I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> Falcons are dead in the water at, at, at one and four. We get a pretty easy opponent in the Arizona Cardinals, but I shouldn't say that because yeah. they, their record is better than ours. Their winning percentage is literally better than ours. Because um, of the half win with the tie. Because of the half win with the tie. My least favorite thing about the NFL ever. Um, offense didn't look bad per se. We just, it's, I, I try to tell Falcons fans before the year, whenever you bring in Cutter, um, should have just stuck with Sarkeesian, dude. Like at least Sarkeesian, like like with the boneheaded call, and and, and I'll be the first to say it, he he's not conventional for better or worse. His great games, he's not conventional. His horrible games, he's not conventional. But at least you have that element of not being able to game plan for unconventional. So with the players that we have. It's almost like your floor isn't very low. But with Dirk Cutter, we're handing the ball to a shell of his former self and Devontae Freeman on a zone run up the middle every single first down. I try to tell him he's predictable. And 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 you and then the other two downs, it's it's guaranteed to be a pass down. Dirk Cutter has the highest percentage of pass rates out of OCs in the NFL at I want to say close to seventy five percent. I was about to say eighty, but I think it's closer to seventy five. And then when you start the first half, you have a if you're 70, 70, 21, you know, you have a minus, what is that, 50, almost 50 point differential in the first five games, that's, you're going to have to throw. It's, 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 it's predictable. You know, and when you get into that hole that fast, I think, I, actually, this this week, they you were actually the, leading the, at halftime. We had to lead by one point at <laughs> halftime and then got outscored like 10, <laughs> 10 to 30. And so, which which the pick six was in garbage time. The whole team gave up on on, on tackling. So just take that seven points off the board in in, in, in your mind. They were, they were scored, but just take it off in your mind. And um, in a game where the Falcons scored thirty five points, you should win the game. Yeah, well, especially because Dan Quinn took over the defense. 
Did he? I, I, it, it looks to me Same like it, it looks like to me we have first name, last name coaching the defense because yeah. I see nobody. I agree with you, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Arthur and Blank's not going to fire him. As much as I've been saying fire Dan Quinn for the last three years, even when he got hired, I wasn't happy about the hire. I would have hired Todd Bowles instead, and that's beside the point. Um, Arthur Blank is not going to fire Dan Quinn. At least not in season. At least not in season. We've It's been shown, history will tell you, that Arthur Blank is not a very – he he's cautious. He's not gonna he he'll he'll give Dan Quinn time to you know kind of make his graceful exit because he has respect for Dan Quinn and Arthur Blank just as a business sense he doesn't make rash decisions. That's been his business mo ever since Home Depot and yada 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 whatever the hell else you want to say. Um, Falcons are dead in the water. We're, we're, we haven't played a division game yet and we're one and four. I'm not so sure that we're gonna leave Arizona with a win. If if we don't leave Arizona with a win, that's the closest he's going to get to being fired. Um, because in division games, Arthur Blank knows that you can go 0-6 in division games, especially in the NFC South. Not making excuses, but that's just the way it is. Um, New England and Washington, it was a game for a second in the first half. Yeah, they had that one play, that 53-yard reception. And for me, I bet the Patriots covering the minus 17 it was. Yeah. And I look up. And 16. Like, yeah, and it's like 7-6, to six, like at halftime. And, and you're I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. Fuck, are you kidding me? I bet the Redskins to cover too. And I was I was happy. I was like, hell yeah, dude, the big spreads. Like me and you talked about the big spreads gonna hit today, baby. And then the Patriots just kinda started playing in the second uh, half. Redskins showed us who they were. Yes. Um I don't think Haskins is gonna play soon as I I, I thought he was gonna be the week one starter, to be honest with you, but um that that franchise is just in disarray. They fired Jay Gruden who I didn't really think Jay was the issue. I don't think he's a great coach at all, but I think he's just middle of the road, just a guy. He's a jag, just a guy. Um, I don't think that he was anything close to being the problem in Washington. I think firing him is just just a dumb move. Well, I, I think kind of going back to that point with Haskins, because he put Cole McCoy in to mm-hmm. start against the Patriots. I think he's the, the new coach, firing Jay Gruden, getting a new coach in. I honestly think you will well, – this is just, hey – we want to get Haskins in here. We're going to go get go Sean McVay's water boy from yep. – we're going to get somebody who is the new new wave of offense. We're going to put in uh, somebody, get Haskins some reps right here, and then we'll get a new head coach, some offensive-minded head coach for him starting next week and starting next year. So I think, you know, um, I think that had a lot to do with why he was fired. I really don't – I mean – you guys can go check it out if you want. I was telling you about it earlier. This oh, the video? video? You know, is that a real video? Is that actually him? How long ago did that come out? Maybe why, that did have something to do with it. Now, why did now it get leaked? You know, or is it just like, hey, some somebody, you know, a la uh, West Wing or politic, you know, yeah, scandals yeah. where it's like, hey, we want him to get fired. Let's just randomly leak this video so everybody's like, what the hell are we doing? The deep state is is yeah. manipulating the masses like a puppet. And if you haven't seen the video, just go search Jay Gruden smoking and you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. It was shared in our Daily Degenerate Facebook yeah. group like eight times. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's just time for, for something new. For change? Yeah. yeah. I don't think firing in midseason does that, but I'm not a Jay Gruden fan or anything, so it's not like I'm mad about it. But um, he'll probably go join his brother in, in Oakland. In Oakland. Go, go be his, his DC or something, you know, just – yeah, um, two more games that I, that I actually kind of want to talk about. Um, I didn't actually watch this game because scoring time. Um, for Thursday, um, I was at the Braves game with my dad. My mom, it was my mom's ticket. She couldn't go because she had like a thing come up. And um, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And I would have probably done this anyway because I, I actually wanted to watch the game. But my college, I do online classes because I'm a degenerate and I don't like actually being able to wake up and show up to class. Um, I actually had a midterm on campus. I had to be there. It's a private event one time a year, one time a semester. And I was going to have to go to campus Thursday at 6 o'clock, 30 minutes after the Braves started. Didn't want to do that at all. I was actually like trying to find a way. So I emailed my, my professor you know, kind of early in the week Monday, you know, kind of gave him a few days to think about it. I was like, my man, Mr. Jackson, I'm not quite sure if you're a baseball fan or not. You know, like Braves are playing. We're actually favored to win this series, you know, like – is there something we can work out? Can I come in early? Can I come in late? Can I do whatever? And he was like, yeah, we're actually doing a makeup session at Monday at 8 a.m. if you can do that. I was like, fuck. But yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I would rather go to the Braves game than 
wake up early Monday morning and be able to, to actually not take a zero on my midterm. So um, I didn't get to see the Indy Kansas City game because I was actually in the bed by about tip off because I'm 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 bad about waking up so I need to be able to go to sleep early. You gotta, that. you gotta love the East Coast fucking these Sunday night, these Monday night, these Thursday night starting at eight o'clock and not getting up until eleven thirty. It's it's the one thing I miss about being on the people like my dad just can't watch him because he's yeah. in bed by nine o'clock like almost like clockwork. So he just I asked him, Joe, did you watch the game last night? No. Well, I was asleep on the couch. That's one thing I hate about being on the East Coast after coming out of here is, is those primetime games. That and, and that and baseball. Yeah, West Coast has, has it easy. Yeah, 5 o'clock. Yep. But, it is, you know, granted, it is nice not having to start until 1 because you can be yes. over, move around a little bit. You don't bit. have to wake up at 8, 8 and 9 o'clock to be able to just watch football. But if I had to choose, I'd rather have the West Coast early games because mm-hmm. at least I can just drink a mimosa, drink a Bloody Mary, have a breakfast burrito, and watch mm-hmm. those games. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking about this for the London games and for the Ichiro Japan series. I was like, dude, you can just stay up all night and watch these. Like, I had to wake up at 5 a.m. to catch the Japan series over here. And I, well, I could have just stayed at the bar and just closed the bar down and then just watched it, you know, like kind of deal. I remember two or three years ago, I can't, I think it was two years ago, um, with the London games on the West Coast, they start at 6.30 a.m. out there. And so I remember fucking up my fantasy because I woke up I was like, oh, I need to set, and I had like tons of notifications, like so and so isn't playing, like blah blah blah. Oh fuck! And I had it in my lineup because the game started at six thirty, and I got drunk the night before and passed out until nine thirty. I get up to like, oh yeah, I gotta change it, and come to find out he's already in there with a zero lock, and I was like, fuck. Goose eggs. So uh, at least we have more time to think about that on the, on the East Coast. I know. Right? But um, I wanted to talk about this game because I didn't really watch much of it. I on the pick of I had Indianapolis covering the twelve. That was I mean easiest pick of the week for me, honestly. Um, was this game more of Kansas City's slowing down and hitting a snag, or do you give more credit to Indy for good game plan, good talent? I think it's a little of both. If I had to side with an event like one side or the other, fifty one forty nine. I'd probably I'd probably say sixty percent Chiefs just having you know they're not going to be. Week. Yeah, and forty percent of the Colts because we all a lot of a lot of people thought the Colts were a Super Bowl team with Andrew Luck, and a Super Bowl team isn't just your quarterback. Nope. You have to have a solid nope. defense. Listen to what Ty Hilton said. He said he said even without Andrew, this is probably the best Colts team I've ever played on. And, you know, and hey, their their defense came to play. Marlon Mack without Darius Leonard too looked pretty strong, and hey, you know. They controlled the clock, which is what you need to do against mm. the Chiefs. They had the running game to do it. Brissett made enough plays when he needed to, and they were just on the field longer, just dragging the te- out. The, the, the teams, with the exception of the Patriots and the Rams, who have beat the Chiefs um, with Pat Mahomes at, at starting at quarterback, there's, like you said, there's one way to beat him. Keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. Control the clock. If you give him 25 possessions, they're going to run up the score on you. Yeah. Give him 10, 15 possessions. That's when you can start slowing them down. Yep, and you know, most teams in the NFL don't have the offenses no. to keep up with no. the Chiefs. So. No, Colts didn't. They had a great game plan going in. Props to Frank Reich for yeah. uh, for having that. And, game and, plan. And, and that's his kind of game. And, and executing it. And you know, I think the the Chiefs were a little off. Um, maybe looking towards next week. I don't know. I can't remember who they're playing. But um, Let's see who you said the Chiefs. They, um, uh, you know, Chiefs have the Texans. That was a good AFC matchup, playoff yeah. matchup last year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it more so that you know, it's a little off week that weren't running on high octane. I mean, Sammy Tyreek Hill's still out. And what you hate to do is play schedule poker, but you're like, damn, they you know they went off for all these weeks. Is down to hit a snag one time. I mean, I think you know, Sammy Watkins has been playing great in Tyreek, but he's not Tyreek Hill. And I nope. think this. This game, this and Kelsey hasn't been long play Kelsey like we're used to seeing. Like there, I and I think this is a product of Andy Reid trying to spread the ball to Miko Hardman, to try to spread the ball to Damian Williams. You know, like well, when you when you don't have Tyreek Hill to blow the top off every single play, you, kind you can't. Of have get, to, they can contain. They, they can, can play get, contain. They can get a little bit more tighter on Kelsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I think they'll bounce back. I think you know. I mean, I would. I didn't think any team was going 16 and 0 this no. year. I still don't think that you're gonna have a loss. Patriots are the only team that can because of how weak their schedule is. Yeah. So, you know, take a loss against a good AFC South team. Yep. Colts are better than we gave them credit for. We all thought they were done without luck. I mean, at least us dumbasses did. So, 
props to them. Next man up. That's kind of their thing. T.Y. Hilton said this is the best Colts team he's played on, even with or without Andrew Luck. Brissett's not bad. I said Brissett wasn't bad, but I didn't think he would be this good. Um, the last game that I want to talk about was Monday Night Football. We were watching a little bit of that at uh, Dixie Tavern last night. Kind of a stinker. Um, what, what, what first quarter when it was actually somewhat of a game. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they goddamn did, did the coin flip and it was still 0-0. Zero to zero. Um, First question. I'm. I got two hate and ask questions. Is can, I I I had always thought this because I because I'm, I'm I'm a hater. That's just my relevance as a sports fan. You know the Chappelle's show, the player haters ball. I, I hate you. I hate all you. I hope none of you have success. That's that's me. Is Baker Mayfield overrated? No. What's the source of this bad misfortune? So I think the Browns going into the season, the type of like look at your most of your quarterbacks in the league, very calm demeanor, cool demeanor, not brash, not fiery. If you had Baker, if you if some person that knew nothing about football saw Baker Mayfield and just saw his aunt like his press conference in a vacuum, yeah, what position do you think that they would think he is? I would go with wide receiver, just with how that a running back, yeah, like like, like, like a primo skill position that isn't a quarterback, not a quarterback, yeah. Um, I think what's going on is a lot of people with how that hype was with him and Odell, and yeah, we're gonna take over the NFL by storm. I think a lot of teams have this game circled hmm? on. We're gonna schedule. shut these loud mouths up, exactly, and it's not like. They're a good team. They haven't proved anything. They're not like the Patriots, where it's like they're hey, still the Browns. They're still the they're still the Browns. But for some reason, because of these antics, that people are going into these games wanting to fucking kick their ass. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening. It's not like the Titans, where you kind of sleep over that game on your schedule, and then they come out and whoop your ass because they're a grinding team. And that's that's their identity. You are looking forward to playing the Browns. You're looking forward to putting two receiver or two cornerbacks on Odell Beckham and holding him to one catch for seven yards. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, and most of the time you get those when you're playing against good teams or teams mm-hmm. you have rivalries with mm-hmm. 49ers and Browns have no rivalry, no. but I'm sure you have on my game, you know? Yeah. Um, and so do I think he's overrated? No. I think people are coming up to kick their, like they want, like, and yes, Every any given Sunday, everybody should be playing as hard as they can. Of course, but yeah. you know people. Yeah, no, no. There, yeah, there's different motivations have, in different situations. You know, locker room top posters hanging up, you know, shit like that. Bulletin board material. Exactly. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I think that due to what's going on and how that offseason went for Cleveland, they have a lot more bulletin board stuff for some of these teams that should have no reason other than hey, we need to get this done. Um, before I ask you the second question, I'll go over a little bit of what I saw last night with the Browns. Freddie Kitchens is not the guy. Freddie Kitchens is an awful NFL head coach. Bottom three in the league to me. I think Kyle Shanahan, who's not a great head coach at all, just completely – like I saw on, on – when I was browsing Reddit today, saw a great um, similar metaphor, whichever one is like an ads, whatever. Kyle Shanahan looked like a professor, while Freddie Kitchens looked like a substitute teacher. It was everything the Chiefs were doing was working. Nothing the Browns were doing was working. Baker Mayfield finished with negative two fantasy points. Yeah, I know you saw the post today. It was the kid who who was winning by a point and a half, and then put kept Baker in there, even though he had the dub sealed up, and he got negative two points and lost the game because of it. Hell, I almost took out Kittle last night because of that, but I was like, Kittle's not going to have negative points. That tight ends can't have negative points like that except for fumbles, and that's not going to happen with Kittle. But I had I was texting in my league group chat. Oh my God, should I take Kittle out? I might have to win already. I don't know, like, I'm going to disagree a little bit with you on Kyle Shanahan. I think last year with uh, Jarek McKinnon getting injured. And having to start. um, Jimmy Garoppolo getting injured and having to start C.J. Beathard. Beathard, Yeah. I think now, like, Tevin Coleman got back this week. Tevin looked pretty good. Tevin and Brita. Brita looked even better. Amazing. That defense is looking amazing. I wasn't a fan of the 49ers going in. I thought they were. I thought they were a year away. That's leading that's to my next question. Because Did, of, because are they for real? Yeah. You know, um, I think beginning of the season, Penland said that he had. Pegged we called him an horse. idiot. We called him an idiot. Hey, I, I know I did. Hey, you know, 
it's looking a lot closer than I would have thought. Me too. Yeah, going into week five. Me too. Um, you know, see if it holds up with that defense looking strong. I like looking at I have Burita and Coleman in a few of my fantasy leagues. I think like looking at how this team plays and granted, small sample size coming off a bye. They had two weeks to prepare for the Browns at home. Yep. You know, we'll see, it, it could change in week six. But if Coleman's back and you get another week like this, I could see them in a position fantasy wise similar to Kamara and Ingram. You won't have that high, high ceiling that Kamara had, but both these guys could be. You could a put, really low floor. We could really high floor. Or a high floor. Yeah, yeah, you could put both of them in your starting lineup and have RB two with RB one right upside. And I think after seeing that, you know, and if I could see another week, I could definitely see that. Um, they got Los Ramos next week in the, in the Coliseum. Um, the Rams have shown us they're not, you know, all that unbeatable. I mean, maybe that's just the rest of the league catching up to their parity. Um, but back to my last question, are the, are, the, are the Niners for real, or are we just... This is the week we see. I think that, you know... This is the galvanizer right here? This is, I mean, at home, I in the NFC West, being a fan of the NFC West for my whole life, I have always taken, hey, if you can do a home-home split and if you could end the season one game over 500 in your, that's the division. In your division, that's good. Especially in those te- in those years where multiple teams are good. Granted, there, you know, every year there's those bottom feeders, 2-14. and 14. You should go 2-0, yeah. but it's never beyond possibility that you, go, that you lose a home game. So I typically project the home team winning every game in the NFC South. I mean, in the NFC West. And I could see the Rams, you know, because they had a, a few days of extra rest coming off of uh, not embarrassing, tough. but it's tough to swallow loss uh, to, to to Seattle in a in an away division game. I think that they they do come back firing hard. Um, I I would just flashing to next week just very briefly. I would I would probably be willing to project a a, a Rams victory too. I, I, I like very very early. I'd take Rams money line. I'd be interested to see what the spread is. I could, you know, depending on how much it is, I may want to take the take the Niners to cover that. Um, and you know, this could be, you know, if they get blown out, hey, Niners suck. Huh? Niners oh. plus three and a half. I'll smash that. That's kind of right. Get the I, field goal. I, I get was, the field I was, goal. I was thinking three four. Um, I'm gonna have to. See, I'm gonna, that that one's I'm gonna sit on because that's kind of right. Three and a half and seven and a half are my favorite spreads to take because yeah. it projects against the, the field goal and the and the and the touchdown. And so yeah, I, that I may take the Niners the Niners plus three and a half or the Rams money line because I think it you know, but that's that's coming up to this drubbing of the Browns and yep. really when we look back, what have the what kind of litmus test are the Browns? Yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, that's gonna be a good game though. Yes, um, we will go ahead and pick the Thursday night game because I think our next episode will be out Friday afternoon. Um, the New York Giants, who will be very shorthanded, and I don't think Saquon Barkley. I was about to say the same thing. I I wanted to kind of take what I read today early in the week, kind of with a grain of salt. But if I had to, if I was a betting man, which I am, I would say that Saquon's not going to play. Um, they're going to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. Um, and they're 17-point dogs. New York Giants money line, which has hit one time for me against the Buccaneers, which was, which was really good, is plus 675. I think that's just because of how many players are going to be missing. Um, off the top of my head, I would want to take Giants plus 17.5. That's a lot of fucking points. Thursday nights usually seem to be a little bit closer than not. So... Yeah. <sighs> these These big lines I hate... I think if Saquon was there, was in, I would go with the Giants with a plus seventeen. And and, and they're operating as if he's probably not going to play because of how big the spread is. Yeah, and I'm gonna I I, <coughs> I have to call it now. I'm gonna take the Patriots. I think they they take care of business. I think the Giants week after are playing are home against the Cardinals. I think that's the game Saquon comes back for because okay. that's a winnable game. And I think um, this one they're just. Hey, Daniel Jones could go off, but the Patriots' defense strong. They and that's what I'm hanging my hat on. I hope that he goes off to, 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 to win me this one because I like to say that he'll keep him within a touchdown. I feel probably by the half point. He got a 17 and a half just to protect my whole ass yeah. from everything. Uh, but 17 is a lot of points, especially on a Thursday night. Um, yeah. It's in Foxborough, and they're going to be without Saquon, which is good. And I think Evan Ingram is banged up. I think he probably will go. And um, Daniel Jones, I think it's going to have to depend on whether or not he goes off or not. 
Um, let's talk about a few before we go. We've got about 10 minutes. Talk about a few game fives tomorrow. I will be at work on a double. Same situation as Monday. I had to watch the games on my phone, but it was good because it made the work day go by you know quicker because I was able to watch and bet on baseball. Um, my Atlanta Braves, game five, comes back home to Atlanta. Um, game two ace, Mike fulton will be on the mound against the Cardinals ace, Jack Flaherty. <sighs> Braves, please don't Atlanta this one up. So it was interesting. I was listening to some late night talk radio the other day, and one of the guys was talking about Mike fulton and the hero's journey. And what that is is if you're in film, you know, any type of film or movie class, it's it's that prototypical type of plot line where the comeback story. The hero finds a mentor, is doing really well, has his struggle, has his fall from grace, and then comes back. Gets it gets it gets his redeeming chance and, and, get, and does everything with it. And pulls a sword, gets the girl, vanquishes the foe, and if that is in paralleled all up until this point for Mike Fultonevich. I don't know how much closer you can follow. Dallas Keuchel, his old teammate with the Astros, been his mentor, gets sent to AAA yeah, after some yeah. early struggles in the year. The last half of the season was near great. Mm-hmm. And then now in the playoffs, they handed him the ball, and all of us were yeah, nervous. Yeah. They were ner- we were nervous for Mike Fultonevich. Which Mike Fultonevich are you going to get? Pitches we, a game two win? We, we, we got the near perfect Mike Fultonevich three-hitter, seven-inning start. And then if he comes through and a tour that, die. That's what makes me nervous, though, is that we already got his great start in game two. Game five could very, 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 very from the start that we got in game two. But if he gets that game five, oh, and he God. pitches another one. Oh, my that's, that's God. That's the culmination of that hero's journey. Oh, my God. But – Offense has to do something. They did. They were. Freddie Freeman went zero for five um, in, in 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 game four, which is absolutely disgusting. He missed the ball by a mile. I I don't think it's the shoulder spurs or the elbow spurs or whatever the hell it is because Freddie usually seems to be a great contact hitter no matter what. I think it's maybe the moment becoming too big for him, and now that we're expected to win instead of just playing with house money, I think that maybe a little bit that's getting to him because this is this and last year is probably the first meaningful series that Freddie's played in. So, I'm not sure what's wrong. I, I have faith that he'll get it right because Fred's the, the picture of consistency in the MLB in terms of hitting. And, you know, you just got to whip your dick and flow it, flop it on the table right dude, now. Dude, put your not, fucking... Not up or shut up right now. Like, dude, that's, that's because the Cardinals have all the momentum in the world. The Cardinals are the team of destiny for this. They always do this. The Matt Holidays, the David Freeze. We'll see you tomorrow... Later tonight in Houston, you know, like, yeah. But that's why Atlanta got home field advantage. That's why we put our foot on the gas and won a few more games in the last half of the season. Secure home field, game five at home. I know there, I know there's some sort of stat I'm sure that says 65 percent of home teams in game fives win. But this is the spooky Cardinals we're talking about. Hey, if. The Braves can go better than 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position like they did yesterday. Two times, Ronald Acuna got on, loaded the bases, second and third base respectively for each respective inning. Zero outs. Zero outs. Lead off triple zero outs, lead off double zero outs. Cashed in zero runs. Yeah. I don't – we have been to a lot of Braves games this year, and that is an anomaly that I think will get changed. Will that result in the win? I don't know, but I think at home they're going to put a few more runs on the board. They'll be able to cash a few of those in. If I was an unbiased sports fan and I was looking at this game as a regular guy, I would I would give a slight advantage to the Braves and I would want to take the Braves in this one because I'm from Atlanta and I know how Atlanta teams are in these nut-up-or-shut-up games. It's tough. I'm not a humongous fan of being in this situation. We should have swept three games if our bullpen didn't ruin game one. Um, the Braves right now, what scares me are plus a hundred. Yeah. 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 And the Braves are plus a hundred on the road in a game five. The St. Louis Cardinals are minus minus one twenty. That sort of scares me from a Vegas aspect over unders at eight, a half run higher than it usually would be. So we can guess that there will be some runs scored in this game, but who has the griminess who has 
the just win a ball game late in the game but team. I think you know what you're alluding to with the consistency of Atlanta letting its city down. Mm-hmm. I think, and not letting us down, letting us down in historic fashion. Yeah, um, I think that has a little bit to do with these. Yeah. Now it'll be interesting to see where public money's at and if that line, like where it started and where it moved. Um, you know, I and you know, St. Louis is a team that's been here. They've done that before. You know, and so shit. Fuck it. I plus one hundred at the the Braves money line. Let's go with it. We just positive money. So, you know, and there was ever a time to bet on your own team. Game five's the time. Game five with uh with one of the. I th- I, th- I think Mike Fuld- the month of September. I think Mike Fuldevich is the ability wise and stuff wise the best pitcher on the Braves staff. He has the. The hardest fastball to hit, and he has the nastiest breaking shit, but he's a head case. Freed also didn't go yesterday. Didn't so play. he could be the emergency guy. And he's been shown to be well. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then after that, we have um, the, the surprise series, in my opinion. Um, Nationals and Dodgers. We knew Scherzer was going to come back after after a not a bad Game 1 performance, but a not, not up to his level Game 1 performance. Fucking, I just got to say, Scherzer... And Nick Foles probably have two of the biggest dicks in sports. They do. Like, Scherzer, the way Scherzer took them out. The two most deserved statues outside of any arena ever. In the, in the pouring-ass rain. Like, it was flash flood coming through, and he was just balling out. Um, yeah, no. Credit to the Nationals hitters as well, because they, 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 they gave them a lot of support. Oh, yeah. They got to um, Rich Hill early. Um, they also made pretty pretty decent work of, of uh, Kershaw, which kind of adds to the Kershaw's not good in the playoffs mentality. But for tomorrow, uh, it's 8.30 our time. It's going to be on TBS, same thing as the Braves game. Uh, Strasburg and Bueller, which should be an excellent game. I think Strasburg has the, not obvious, but clear advantage in that pitching matchup. But um, it is in L.A. It's in Chavez Ravine. I think the Dodgers have a, have a pretty considerable advantage. Um, Vegas seems to think so too. They're minus one sixty five. Nationals are plus one forty. But hell, I may throw a few bucks on the Nationals more to see what happens. The thing with the Nationals and what following them as closely as they did because they're an NL East team this year. Yep. Um, and going into the playoffs, having a one and two like Scherzer and Strasburg in any of these five games, any of these seven game series, you have, you have a, a, a shot to win. And not just a shot, a good shot to win. And, you know, hell, you got a Strasburg is an ace in on 70% of these teams, MLB teams right now. He's their number one. And you have him going up, and hell, see where the ball rises. You know, see how it goes. Um, One trend that I do. It, if we're having a nitpick and kind of make something happen, um, Walker Bueller in 16 and two thirds, so almost 17 consecutive postseason innings, he has not allowed a run. I think that trend will be broken tomorrow night. Um, I think the Nationals are playing not just with house money, but with like juiced house money. I think they're, I think they're excited. I think they're happy. I think they're, they, I think they even some guys in the dugout didn't think they would be tied two two at the end of this, and I think that now they're they're juiced. They're like. I think going into the playoffs for them, due to the fact that not only are they in the playoffs, but who's fucking sitting at home? The Philadelphia Filthies! And Bryce Harper and it's $300 million. $330 million just to sit at home? Hey, they can pay it. Do you not not think that they're jacked up right now? I mean, like, we don't need you. Speaking of bulletin board material. Like, exactly. And they're having the times of their lives out, out there. And when a team like that, those teams are always dangerous. Baseball's a really long season, and it only comes down to a few games at the end. And the teams that can harness that, not just energy, I don't want to sound like some horoscope guy, but you can harness that energy and you can play situational baseball like this. I don't think Dave, Dave Martinez is a good manager at all, but he has a good amount of talent. Rendon got hot. He's your, I think, average king for the NL this year. Um, I think it was maybe Jeff McNeil, but He's, he was up there. He was one or two. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, whenever you have str- – it's practically a two-man rotation because, like I, like I told you at the bar the other night, throwing Anibal Sanchez in game three is a, is a loser move. Not saying that they didn't – that they had a choice. I mean, you have to throw somebody. But I think that starting Anibal Sanchez in a playoff game is a loser move. You went into that game knowing that you were going to lose it. 
But whenever you have Strasburg and Scherzer on the other side of that turn, you can take that one L every two games. Every because, two games. because you know that it's one and a half wins, and then the half can tow either way, depending on the on how the ball lies. Those two games, so yeah. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what that. happens. Who knows? With uh, with Gustavo going for the Dodgers, you and I going for the Braves. If a lot of things going our way, there's not going to be any people doing the podcast. I'm rooting for. I'm, I'm if, <laughs> if 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 the if the Braves win tomorrow. I'm a Nationals fan at nine times. I'd much rather play them than, than the Dodgers. But if the Braves lose tomorrow, I'll root for the Dodgers for, for our boy Gustavo. <laughs> so, 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 so we don't have ten people commit suicide when we have eight. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, tomorrow, 8.37, it's going down. Um, I guess we're almost out of time. I think we're a little bit over time, actually, but fuck them. Um, we're going to start introducing a new segment to the Daily Degenerate. It's going to be a Facebook Live media-heavy type segment. It's going to be um, Gut Feelings with Gustavo, or Gus. It's probably what we'll shorten it down to. We're going to do it every, I think I would say Wednesday or Thursday night after the football games come off. We're going to do one tomorrow night after Gustavo is high or whenever he's really low. And me too, with these baseball games going on tomorrow, two game fives. So it uh, should be pretty entertaining. Join the Facebook group. We'll send you an invite. Reach out to us. Do whatever. And um, we're going to start doing degenerate calls where you can leave me a voice message. You can talk shit about your team. Brag and bitch about bets. Just literally cuss as much as you want. We'll play the funniest, most degenerate type ones. And um, that's just that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll play some funny calls and get some real funny um, what up foos from the guys out west. And then we'll get some Philly trash filth from Rob Ramsey. Hey, you guys want to talk some smack on some friends? These people that are listening to the pod, do it. You have some questions to ask us. Probably going to be wrong. We can do fantasy advice. Um, now, now that we're in fantasy, I didn't even think about that. But send us fantasy questions. Kind of ask me who should we start, who should we do this, and we'll, we'll answer those. Talk about shitty trades. and Yeah, hey, get you, get you guys. You guys are... You know, you know, you guys make the podcast what it is by listening. I was about to say, we have nothing without, I mean, you guys. I mean, we're just over here, two guys talking into a goddamn can. Like yeah. in, um, oh, brother, where art thou? You know, yeah, we're just, just two, two yeah. blind guys talking into a can about y'all. Yeah, people keep listening, so we appreciate it. Somehow. I don't, I don't know why you guys subject yourself to this, but we, we love the fact that you do. I said nothing else better to do. God, <laughs> and that's why we're all degenerates. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let Brad uh, take us out. Um, Brad, where can we find you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at MadBrad, M-A-D-B-R-A-D-171. Um, yeah, that's the best place you can reach me. Um, you can find me at Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram. You can search Cohen Hughes on Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I'm a little bit too dangerous for Twitter. I'll say the wrong thing to somebody and um, get doxxed. I have before. So learn my lesson the first time. I have too many hot takes for Twitter to handle. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter and on Instagram and at TDD pod. Um, and you can join the Facebook group, daily degenerate sports talk, shit talk slash up, down pound sign, whatever the hell it is. Reach out to us. We'll send you an invite. Um, us, Gustavo, Rob Ramsey, Mark Killinger, any of, any of the people who you, you may know who are in this, um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 110. Uh, it was a pleasure recording it. Brad, thank you for coming in. We're hoping for some good results tomorrow, hoping for some good bets this weekend. And um, I guess we'll see you guys Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. Go get drunk. Go get drunk. Let's do it. See y'all.